and welcome to The King Perspective. My name's Chris. I'm a psychotherapist and consultant. On today's episode, we're going to be exploring the fascinating relationship between kink and attachment styles. This is something I've wanted to do for a while and really haven't found the right place to kind of fit this particular episode in. I've worked with a lot of clients who are interested in exploring kink or are kind of midway through their journey in our kink communities. But one thing is they struggle with attachment-related challenges. In this episode, we're going to be diving into the different attachment styles and how they really can impact our kink dynamics. I'm going to offer a little bit of insight and guidance on how to navigate attachment-related challenges in our kink dynamics. Because it's it's important to understand, even if we're facing these issues, it shouldn't be a prohibitor for us to get involved and explore the lifestyle. Kink and attachment styles, when it comes to exploring kink activities, going to clubs, putting on demos... Our attachment styles can play a significant role in shaping our experiences and our emotions. Attachment styles are patterns of thoughts, feelings, or behaviors that develop in childhood in response to our caregivers' responses to our needs. So if I'm a child and I you know, want a hug and I'm waiting hours or maybe days or even never, or I'm getting them all the time, this affects my response as I grow later on into adulthood. There are three main attachment styles that I'm going to discuss today. The first one is called secure. The next one is anxious. And finally, avoidant. A secure attachment style is characterized by a sense of trust and security in relationships. People with secure attachment styles tend to feel more comfortable expressing their needs and emotions. They're going to not hold back when they want to talk about how they're feeling or what they're thinking. And they tend to approach kink activities with more of an open and exploratory mindset. They're ready to kind of jump right in um, as long as they feel secure. With an, with an anxious attachment style, this is more aptly characterized by a heightened sensitivity to rejection and abandonment. We tend to see this a lot with people who've gone through a lot of bad breakups or early in their dating history or in childhood where a lot of their emotions were rejected or their needs went completely unanswered. And people with this style feel more anxious and insecure in kink activities. And they may struggle with setting boundaries or communicating their needs to their partner, which then allows them to be bulldozed. Now, somebody with an avoidant attachment style is characterized by a tendency to withdraw from emotional intimacy, right? So they're quite the opposite. They're not talking about their feelings. People with this attachment style that might be hesitant to engage in certain kink activities that are going to demonstrate more vulnerability or emotional intensity, or they might even struggle with expressing their feelings for the most part. It's going to be really difficult. They're going to probably be backing out. So if I'm going to do an interrogation scene where I really want to get somebody to open up about how they're feeling, they're probably going to shy away from this type of activity. So let me give you an example here. Let's say you identify with the anxious attachment style and you're interested in exploring kink activities with your new dominant, your new submissive. Um, You might feel a sense of excitement 
and anticipation about exploring these new desires, but on the other hand, you might feel so anxious and insecure about whether your partner will accept your needs and desires. This is going to make it extremely challenging for you to communicate your needs and to set the boundaries that are most important to us. This, in turn, can lead to misunderstandings or conflict inside of the dynamic. And that's something that we want to avoid. But how do we go about talking about the things that are bothering us? Typically, you want to start working on some of these issues prior to entering relationships or if you're getting into a dynamic. These are one of the things, one of the more upfront conversations you want to have. And even it can be on a limited basis. And I know I hear, you know, Chris, how do I, you know, I struggle with telling somebody how I feel. I struggle with setting these boundaries. Well, hopefully the person you've met, you can have this conversation. It can look something like, you know, I'm not the best at setting boundaries. I get really nervous at times. So I need you to go slow with me so I can build up some confidence and trust inside of this dynamic. Hopefully the person that you're with is going to respect these boundaries because that's a boundary in itself. You're just kind of communicating your needs on a very small level. And what you're trying to establish with this small conversation is whether or not they're going to reciprocate right right away. Whether you can start instigating a little bit of trust so that's going to give you a touch more comfortability. And that's what we're really after when we need to start going through and navigating the wonderful world of dynamics. So let's kind of jump into here and get, I want to go a little bit more in depth today on these three styles. So I'm going to start with a more significant definition and provide some examples and some thoughts on secure attachment style. With a secure attachment style, it can be very difficult and significant when it comes to exploring kink activities. People with secure attachment styles tend to have a strong sense of self-worth and they believe in their ability to navigate challenges and form healthy relationships. And you might be wondering, well, how can this be difficult and significant at the same time? Well, this can make them more resilient in the face of emotional intensity and vulnerability that can come with kink activities. So while that's really significant, the downside of that ends up becoming that they're not always good. People with secure attachment styles sometimes aren't always the best at picking up on somebody else's emotions or their partner's emotions. It's not that they're not in tune. It's just sometimes they're phasing over. In addition to emotional resilience that somebody has, people with secure attachment styles tend to be more open-minded and curious about exploring these new experiences and perspectives. What's wonderful about this is that if you are in a dynamic and it's really starting to grow, we are seeing relationships, the relationship bonds form. We've you know, we progressed through the three months, six months. We might even be approaching the year stage. So we really have started to make a commitment towards one another. When we first got together, if we go through a more formulaic approach, which is more old school for a lot of us, um, where we've the first couple of months of the in the beginning of the dynamic, we're getting to know each other. We're not seeing, we're not having sex. There's nothing going on. We're talking. We're establishing, we're establishing our rapport, right? 
I'm learning about what turns somebody on, if they have medical conditions, if they have mental health conditions, if they, um, you know, how often they work, how often they want to play. We're feeling each other out and we're building our small foundation. We're not kind of rushing right in, but as we do, as we start to now progress forward, we hit the six month mark, we go to our year mark, you know, we might have placed our first caller on somebody, maybe one of consideration. Um, we tend to now look at these new experiences with our partners and we look at our limitations and we may reevaluate them. We might be saying to ourselves, my God, you know, I really, I've never liked rope before. I've never liked needle play before, but I really like this person and I want to go further. There's, they make me feel so comfortable and secure. I want to explore this with them. And this in turn can make people with secure attachment style more receptive to kink activities and more willing to engage in them in a healthy and fulfilling way. So let me give you an example here. Let's say you identify with the secure attachment style and you're interested in exploring something, I don't know, some new fetish, maybe breath play where you're using cellophane, right? Or for some of you who need a more generic or corporate response, you're using uh, cling wrap, right? So you're, you're really interested in exploring kink activities with your new partner. You might approach these activities with a sense of excitement and curiosity. You're eager to learn more about it. So you're out researching, you're looking at breath play, what's all about it. You're talking with your partner, finding out what level they're on, if they are excited, if they're ready to explore, if you're both ready to explore each other's desires and explore your own even further. Your strong sense of self-worth and belief in your ability to navigate these challenges can help you communicate your needs and set boundaries in a way that feels healthy and respected to both you and your partner, which is part of the fundamental foundation that we need to set up when we are talking about these types of relationships. Because unlike vanilla style relationships, those acti our activities vastly differ and our, some of our activities do border on the dangerous. So we need to understand that building these rapports, building up our own confidence and respecting each other is quite paramount inside of our lifestyle. Another benefit of a secure attachment style in kink activities is the ability for us to perform, to form deeper emotional connections with our partners. People with secure attachment styles tend to be more comfortable with emotional intimacy, which can allow them to engage in kink activities in a way that feels emotionally fulfilling and satisfying. Overall, people with a secure attachment style can approach kink activities with a sense of openness, curiosity, emotional resilience. And we know one thing is for certain when, it, when we talk about rejection. People with secure attachment styles have a high rejection threshold. Even any of these other two that I'm going to, or the other two that I'm going to get to, we learn to build our confidence just from this rejection threshold as it grows. In almost everything we do that's a negotiation inside of the BDSM or the fetish community or the kink world, if we're going to go more general, we deal with a lot of rejection, but we deal with it in such a way that we're building our rejection resiliency. 
And this in turn builds our emotional resiliency, which in turn then builds our self-confidence by allowing us to discuss what we think and feel. When I talk about our rejection resiliency, and I've talked about this before in other avenues and facets, what I mean is, so if I'm negotiating and I'm like, I want to play three times a week, and they're like, no, I I can't play that much, I'll give you one, and we can't even negotiate on two, well, am I going to be upset that I can't play three or twice or just accept and be happy that I can at least play one with my partner? For now, I'm just going to... You know, sure, there's going to be a little bit of rejection there, but I'm also going to be happy that at least I'm getting to engage. At least I'm trying to draw from a more positive angle of it. And maybe over time, as careers or focus or distance or other issues in our life pan out, we can increase that intensity and renegotiate it. Or conversely, um, we might get to a point where that changes and it goes from less than once a week to once every two weeks or once a month, and we have to reevaluate the dynamic as a total, as it's in its totality. Overall, by communicating our needs and boundaries in a healthy and respectful way with our partners, we can learn to form deeper connections. And you can form these connections with your partner and experience kink activities in a, in a way that feels not only safe, but really fulfilling for you and your partner. You can even expand that is when you are, your needs are met and your partner's needs are met and you're respecting and you're both putting in a lot of effort. On a bigger scale, this even affects your kink community and people will notice. People notice when couples are happy. People notice when people are enjoying themselves. That positive energy It's gravitational and people want to be around it. And if you think to yourself, the last time you were at a play party or you went to a dungeon to watch a scene, and if you watch people laughing and smiling and talking, you want to be a part of that conversation. You want to know because it just, even from the outside, it looks like a good conversation. But conversely, if you see two people arguing in the corner, that's probably a conversation unless you're there to get involved in drama. It's a conversation you're going to tend to stay away from, right? So now in this next part here, I want to discuss the anxious attachment style and how this can impact our kink dynamics. So we need to understand a little bit more what this is. An anxious attachment style is one of the three types of the insecure attachment style archetypes alongside avoidant attachment style and disorganized attachment style. Individuals with anxious attachment style tend to experience high levels of anxiety and insecurity in their relationships, and they may be worried that their partners will leave or abandon them. They may also seek constant reassurance and validation from their partners. Now, unfortunately, this could be quite taxing on the relationship. This begins a, well, I tend to call it, we're catastrophizing. If we're constantly needing reassurance that our partner's not going to leave us or abandon us, and then we want our partners to start validating us every time, this is going to be exhausting for our partners. But the more we continue to do this, regardless of how much our partner is starting to do all of these things to make us feel better, if we're going to be here, they're going to reassure us, hold our hand, they're cuddling us when we're you know upset or hugging us, 
the more we catastrophize this, the more we self-profitize this. So we do a self-fulfilling prophecy, and then ultimately we are driving our partner away doing these things. And then we, because we're not doing anything to work on this, we are going to end up repeating the cycle over and over. So what are some of the characteristics of this style? Some common characteristics of the anxious attachment style include feeling clingy, jealousy, or very needy and seeking constant validation in relationships. If you have a fear of abandonment, if you're constantly feeling anxious or distressed when you're separated from your partner, and I'm not talking about, oh, I miss them. When I'm not with my slave, I miss her. But when she's at work or I'm at work, yep, we miss each other. We might even talk during the day. All of these different things, right? But there is a difference from I miss my partner or I love my partner to going, oh, my God, when are you going to be home? You know, you took you 15 minutes longer. Um, I was so worried. And we, we start to build the point where it can even manifest physiologically. We start hyperventilating. We elevate our blood pressure, just to name a couple of things, right? People with this attachment style have to approach their kink activities with a similar level of anxiety and insecurity that they may be approaching other aspects of their life and our other relationships, right? I know that sounds a little bit confusing, but let me explain what I'm saying. Because they're already on heightened alert, because these anxiety walls, these insecurity walls are constantly up, this becomes the norm. So when you're approaching kink dynamics, and this is going to be normal for you, where you're insecure, you you know, you think you didn't dress the right way, so you're feeling bad no matter what you're wearing or your hair or what your partner's going to say. The way you do this is to keep the norm and then start working forward is as you've started at your key point is then learning to identify the issues that are bothering you. So you can then work through these issues, right? You can put your coping mechanisms in place. You might want to be consider therapy, dialectic or cognitive behavior therapy. If you are suffering from childhood traumas, which could have brought this on, uh, working with a trauma therapist, uh, for example, myself, right? People with this type of attachment style tend to worry about being judged or rejected constantly by their partner. They're going to struggle with the feelings of shame or guilt around their kink interests, right? Maybe you are, have always been curious about water sports, but just the thought of it, just the thought of expressing that brings you so much guilt and so much shame. Because you thought it shouldn't be, but yet there are hundreds of thousands of people who enjoy this kink. But what you need then is a supportive partner or a supportive sub-community to go into and talk to people about it. And even maybe doing that in a pseudonym or if you're on fetish.com or alt or, or fetlife. You can create a profile and you have a little bit of anonymity. This can help reduce some of that anxiety, right? Exploring kink can be a fabulous way for people with, uh, with this anxious attachment style to build trust, 
to learn how to create intimacy with their partner, and they gain a greater sense of control and empowerment in their relationships. That's one of the big benefits of what kink does. Because we are setting the rules, we set the guidelines, we are setting the time, we are creating our safe words, we are putting all these things in position. But I do want to reiterate one thing because I'm starting to see this crop up again. BDSM is not therapy. It is not a therapeutic style. You cannot cure OCD or anything else. Psychosis, bipolar disorder, manic depressive disorder. You cannot, kink cannot cure these things. I've been reading individuals starting to state this again. I've written about this topic. It can't be done. This is terribly false information. And I don't want to kind of grandstand on this too much, but um, it was a segue into that. And anyway, let's get back with, I want to give you an example here of somebody with this anxious attachment style. Um, I'm going to change changing some names here, but let's just say, for example, this is one of my clients. We're going to call her Sarah. Now, let's say that Sarah has an anxious attachment style and is interested in exploring BDSM with her partner. Sarah's going to feel and does feel a little bit anxious and insecure about bringing up her kink interests with her partner. And she might worry quite a bit. Actually, she's expressed a lot of worry and judgment that her partner is going to reject her for even bringing this up because while he apparently knows some of these things, he's not really immersed in the world. However, if Sarah and her partner are able to communicate in an open and honest way about their relationship interests and their desires and things they want to do, they both, they both might be able to build a stronger sense of trust and intimacy in their relationship in a bond where they don't feel judged just by talking about these things, right? By exploring kink together, Sarah has the opportunity to gain a greater sense of self-control and empowerment in her sexual experiences, which can then be a powerful antidote to the feelings of anxiety and insecurity that she's always faced. The other part of this is, is definitely having a partner that's highly supportive, right? Somebody that we trust and we can communicate to. And there's always ways to start this out small. Again, you can start with smaller examples with, a, with your partner and work up to this. You don't have to jump straight into the deep end, right? So I, this is not meant to, it's not so overwhelming that we're just diving straight in there. Um, finally, I kind of want to, the third topic I want to talk about or the third attachment style I want to bring up is the avoidant attachment style. This is more aptly characterized by a tendency to avoid emotional intimacy and connection with other people. People with this attachment style may prioritize their independence and self-reliance over emotional closeness, and they are going to struggle to express vulnerability or their emotional needs with anyone, even their family. And when it comes to kink activity specifically, people with avoidant attachment styles may approach them in a way that reflects their need for independence and emotional distance. For example, they may prefer casual or short-term encounters than rather, being com rather than being in committed relationships, or they might prioritize physical sensations over emotional intimacy. 
They may not, for example, be looking for someone, a dominant, or they may not be looking for a long-term submissive. They may be more slip into the role of tops and bottoms. They come in, they play, they leave, right? However, exploring kink can also offer benefits to those with this avoidant attachment style, such as the ability to experiment with new experiences and sensations without feeling constrained by traditional relationship norms. And that's really important to understand. And let me kind of give you an example of this, can how this attachment style can impact our kink dynamics. First, I want you to imagine someone who identifies as an avoidant, but they do have an interest in, let's say, bondage. This individual might enjoy the sensation of being restrained or tied up or cuffed by their partner as it allows them to experience the physical intensity and control without necessarily having to be emotionally vulnerable. They're not going to be talking about how they're feeling. They're just restrained. However, they may struggle to communicate those desires and their boundaries with their partner, which can definitely lead to a lot of misunderstandings or conflicts. If I'm the dominant and my submissive has this attachment style, there might be things that she says that I misconstrue because she's not completely communicating to me her, her emotional vulnerability about things that she doesn't want to experience. So I'm interpreting them as something different. So what happens? We fall into conflict. Now I want you to consider someone with the avoidant attachment style who enjoys erotic humiliation, right? A little bit of degradation. This individual may find pleasure in being degraded or humiliated by their partner as it allows them to explore their own vulnerability in a controlled and consensual way. However, they may struggle with their feelings of shame or guilt-related problems to these specific desires, and they might have difficulty expressing their needs and boundaries to partners who may not share their same kink interests, or setting a limit of how far they want to be degraded and not stopping their partner from doing this. So, we these, there's a lot that goes on through everybody's mind and, and this through these emotional processes, at least internally. But when you're exploring kink with an avoidant attachment style, it, it's very challenging. But one thing that most people don't know, it can also be rewarding. And by understanding your own needs and your desires, as well as communicating effectively with your partner, those with avoidant attachment style can find new ways to explore their sexuality and connect with others in a consensual and fulfilling way. We just have to remember that that effort and communication have to happen even on some level. And if you find yourself feeling frustrated, then you can back down and just say, look, I don't want to talk about it right now. Maybe give me 20 minutes or an hour. We'll come back and readdress that, right? And now that we've kind of discussed attachment styles and how they can impact our kink dynamics, I want to shift our focus for a minute on how these different attachment styles can help interact in our kink relationships. It's important to understand how attachment styles can influence our interactions with others in the kink community and how we can navigate these dynamics in a healthy and fulfilling way. 
interaction of our attachment styles and kink relationships when it comes to the community or our partners in general it's common to see a mix see a mix of secure and anxious and avoidant styles constantly these different styles can interact in a variety of ways and it's important to be aware be aware of how they may impact the dynamics of each relationship right for example somebody with the anxious attachment style might be triggered by an avoidant partner's need for space, leading to feelings of abandonment and insecurity. So how do we kind of navigate these attachment-related challenges, right? Navigating these attachment-related challenges and kink relationships can be difficult. It can be a real strain on the dynamics, but it's not impossible. One key aspect of healthy attachment is open and honest communication which is especially important in kink dynamics where consent and our boundaries are paramount. It's also important to work on building trust and empathy in a relationship, which can help mitigate the impact of attachment-related challenges. So let's just say, for example, one submissive with an anxious, anxious attachment style may struggle with the feeling neglected when they're dominant who is has an avoidant attachment style needs space right and then we're not talking about ghosting here they just need some time by communicating their needs and working to build trust properly right and introducing and in integrating and increasing empathy inside of the relationship they can find a way to navigate these challenges and build a healthier dynamic together for another example here, let's consider a couple where both partners have secure attachment styles. They, this allows them to approach kink activities with a strong foundation of trust, communication, mutual respect, empathy, right? So for them, it's a lot easier to go through their scenes and know that moving forward they can talk about any of these new fetishes or kinks that they want to explore together and they won't be judged and they're going to be more willing to open up right so finally here i want to kind of summarize a little bit i know i've talked quite a bit about some different things i want to kind of cover some more of these key points that i've discussed today first i you know i started exploring with the concept of attachment styles and how they can impact our experiences in kink I dove into the specific characteristics of secure, anxious, and avoidant attachment styles and how, pardon me, they may manifest in kink, our kink dynamics. I also touched based on the importance of communication, trust, effort, and empathy in our kink relationships and dynamics, particularly when we're navigating attachment-related challenges, right? Let's one thing I want to do here is I want a moment for us to reflect on some of these insights. One of the key takeaways of this discussion is that our attachment styles can have a significant impact on our experiences with kink, but they don't have to be a barrier to exploring um, and enjoying this aspect of our sexuality. By understanding our own attachment style and that of our partners, we can work together to create a more fulfilling and positive kink experience and in turn, grow our own relationship dynamic. It's important to remember there's no one right way to approach kink in certain aspects. Things do have rules, protocols that we do need to file, follow, 
right? Safety protocols, uh, medical protocols, and so on and so forth. But each individual's preferences and boundaries have to be respected. It's not even a should or maybe. They need to be respected. This means that communication and negotiation are crucial when it comes to navigating our kink dynamics, particularly in the context of different attachment styles, right? So kind of getting to the end of this, I really want to hear people's experiences and your perspectives on this topic of kink and attachment styles. If you have a story or some insight to share, I'd love to hear from you, right? You can put a message in, I'm going to put this up on Fat Life, you know, put a message in the, in the message boards. I'd love to strike the, and keep this important conversation going because for the most part, it's something else we don't tend to talk about. I have written about it here and there, but it's nothing I've really kind of dove deep, done a deep dive into, but it's important for us to have a conversations as adults, especially as we go through life so we understand who we are and how we draw closer to our partners without affecting or hurting them. So leave me a message in the comments below. Let me know what you think. Talk to me about some of your insights or some stories you have. Until next time, everybody, be safe and stay kinky.